Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown. Today, I have the dubious honor of having Michael Vaughn on the show. I'd like to welcome you, Michael. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate you having me on the show, man. Thank you. So Michael has got a background in construction. He worked his way through college, but he's uh, gotten into medical device sales. He's been in that industry for about 15 years. Since then, he's been able to transition not only into passive income through multifamily, but he's actually in the last year or two has been able to, with a couple of partners, form Trident Capital uh, and move into the GP portion of the game. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about your early journey that took you through kind of the ranks and brought you to kind of where you're at today. Uh, early on in my career, I kind of how, how I came across real estate investing is, you know, the, uh, I was in pharmaceutical sales was my, my second job after, after college. And, um, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is known for, uh, going through frequent layoffs. Right. And so after making it through a round of layoffs one day, I was like, wow, that's, I need to do something to get a little bit more security. I was, uh, scouring the internet and, and, you know, late night infomercials comes on and you see the, the palm trees and the big house and cars and how uh, this guy named Carlton Sheets is telling you you can buy real estate with no money down and make millions and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, so I figured there's at least a little truth somewhere in there. I ordered this course and, and uh, like a lot of people, um, it put it on the shelf and let it, let it collect dust. And so uh, until the next year, whenever I had to sit by the phone waiting for another round of, of phone calls to see if I was going to make it through or not. So um, fortunately, I guess uh, I made it through that round as well. But that really, um, you know, up my commitment level. You know, I'm like, OK, third time may not be a charm. So uh, I got the course out, dusted it off and, and read all the material, you know, and and siphoned through what. I thought applied to me, you know, I had a, I had a good paying job, so I had the money. It wasn't like I had to go do the no money down strategies and all that kind of stuff. So went out driving for dollars and found a duplex. That was my very first property I ever bought. So bought a duplex, bought a, bought a single family house after that and quickly realized I'm not a landlord, man. I, uh, even though I, I have I've done all kinds of stuff, everything there is to do in the construction industry, it seems, um, Tenants and toilets are not my gig. Yeah. So I, uh, I actually had changed jobs. Um, and this is when I was living in Arkansas. So I changed jobs and moved to Texas. And so when I did, had I been, you know, more educated, I probably would have kept those houses or the duplex in that house and, and, and just rented it, you know, long distance because my family was from there. And so, but I did not sold them to another investor and, um, and moved on. So I was in Texas for about a year. Uh, I got promoted and moved here to Missouri. And that was about the time, you know, 2005, all the flipping shows were, were getting really big, you know, and I had a construction background. I'm like, man, that's, I'm going to do that. I want to make, you know, 10, 20, 30 grand to pop after I uh, flip these houses. So after I lived here for about a year or so in Springfield, I kind of researched the market and, and started buying some houses, doing some flips and making some decent money. And I was like, you know, all on the side because I still have my day job. So, but luckily I, I know enough about construction to hire contractors and not get, um, 
you know, the wool pulled over my eyes and, and I, I'm going to keep them in line and, and make sure the budget stays where it needs to be and, and all that. So um, did that, uh, had a few successful flips and then 2008 hits and, and all of a sudden uh, no one can get credit anymore. I'm like, well, you know, wow, uh, if no one can get credit about my flips, then I'm going to stop flipping. And, you know, once again, this goes to, to, to not being educated. Had I been more educated at the time, I would have started buying buying houses hand over fist for pennies in the dollar, renting them out, and you know just letting letting them wait for the market to turn and appreciate again. But you know that's the power of ongoing education is you got you got to keep educating yourself all the time. I didn't know that, and so as time went on, the, the next you know twelve to fifteen months, I was educating myself and realized, oh no, I'm making a huge mistake by not being back in the market. So. I put all the feelers out to all my old connections, the, the brokers, the realtors, uh, bankers, uh, friends, and um, came across a, a 16 unit bank owned property. Besides the flips and the little duplex in the house, this was the first property I really bought. And so I need to say I was a little nervous. And so I uh, negotiated this deal and got a, got a great deal on it. Um, bought it 16 units, it was 450,000. There were five year old townhomes just built by the builder, managed by the builder, and, and mismanaged by the builder. So when I took it over, there were two tenants and neither of them were paying. So put, some, put a little bit of money in that, kind of got it spruced back up and rented it out, held it for, for a while, uh, for about you know seven years almost. And, and along the way, continued to buy other small multifamily, fours, fives, sixes, bought a 27-unit package of uh, single-family homes from another investor, a guy he was actually buying for pennies on the dollar during, during the downturn. Uh, bought it from bought it from him for uh, you know eighty five cents in the dollar. Put in place a lease purchase program for homeowners to get into into a house. I'm not the kind of guy who wants to churn down payment money and take advantage of people. So I, I really made sure we were uh, helping people who were on the verge of getting into a home actually get into a home. And we actually got uh, several people into home ownership. And so the the rest of the houses were really in. They were more in rental neighborhoods anyway, so we just kept them in the rental portfolio. But as the, throughout this whole process, I'm still working my job and and to have a property management company, you know, that, that is managing all my stuff. And and then, you know, even in the medical device industry, there are those times where you have to sit through those round of phone calls and, and see if you're going to have a job or not. And I, uh, you know, realized that no job is safe. And even though I've got this rental portfolio now that I've built up, you know, about $6 million worth of stuff, to be able to replace my income and you know the, the blessing and curse about a good job is it takes a lot of money to replace your income so i needed to, to go faster and i'm not getting any younger you can tell by the gray in my beard so <laughs> i needed to figure out a way to, to scale up so that's when syndication came into play i never really uh, had heard of it uh, never even heard of a podcast you know in 2017 and started listening to a few um that's how i discovered the uh, mentorship program, syndication, the whole works, and joined a mentorship program in 2017. After I'd sold that 16 unit in 2017, bought it for 450, sold it for 780, and 1031 that into a, a 55 unit apartment complex. Did that in just before, about 26 days before that deadline of uh, being able to do accelerated depreciation. Oh, so, no. Uh, I didn't get to take advantage of that. Yeah, I did not get to take advantage of that. But um, November of that year, I, I joined, uh, you know, I, I vetted a lot of these mentorship programs and decided I wanted to, to join this program. And and I joined the program not necessarily to learn about the fundamentals of real estate because I pretty well 
note, you know, learned that over the years. I learned, I joined it for three reasons, really. One, to first and foremost, be around people who are doing what I wanted to do and were at the level I wanted to be. And, you know, be able to learn from them, network with them. Two, uh, to form partnerships uh, with people who were, you know, where I needed to be. Because you have to you get a partner with experience as far as Fannie, Freddie, lending, things like that. Um, and it's good and a good idea to have someone with experience when you start taking other people's money to, to do a syndication anyway. And then three, I joined the group because, uh, you know, you were supposed to be able to raise capital from within the group. And, and we did for some of our deals. And so joined that mentorship program, met uh, a few different partners, several different partners. And then we, Rodney and Carl and I always got along well. We always, you know, at the networking events and talked a lot and, and had a lot of common interest. And, and we decided to do a deal together. So we started to look in 2018 to, to find a deal to do together. Um, we found a deal and closed that in March of 2019. And um, it was a little 100 unit property over in Pryor, Oklahoma, which is another interesting story in and of itself because I never would have thought I would invest in Pryor, Oklahoma, town of 10,000 people. But, but there's a great story. So we worked through that deal and, you know, it's not, we worked through that deal as separate entities working together. You know, we just didn't jump into bed as a partnership. As, as good as I knew these guys and as fun as they were to hang out with and have a beer, you know, when if you're going to create a partnership and, and go all in, you've you got to make sure that you're going to work well together. And, you know, under the stresses of, a, of working through a deal, um, it's, you really see people's real personalities come out. And, you know, we worked really well together. We saw, you know, there was a seamless transaction. So after that deal was over, we, you know, sat back, reflected, and, and decided to formalize our partnership and created, um, you know, Trident Multifamily here. And uh, we do source uh, strategic capital partnerships. But uh, as far as the, the general partners, typically it's just the three of us uh, working together. And that's kind of our story. You know, so, so really what I'm hearing you say is that, that really you have learned by doing and by being a part of the multifamily community uh, that, that you've been able to find. It's not really something where, uh, you know, you, you've, you've got any formal economic education or you didn't, you know, you don't have a, a degree in finance or, and you know, that's a very, very common story with with people in the multifamily industry and I think it says a lot about the industry as a whole because I see so many people in the multifamily community that I'm that I'm becoming a part of that are willing to help others. I'm still trying to figure out exactly why other than it's just a bunch of really cool cats that like to hang out together but I'm really seeing where that theme is that it's about growth of the other people as well as yourself and I think it's a phenomenal phenomenal thing. And I think that, you know, you, you are a testament to that because, you know, through your, through your growth, you were doing it yourself and then you were doing it with some other people. And now you've, you've kind of found your best buddies that you've, you've formed a, a company with. And you see that theme a lot in, in the multifamily syndication world. Um, and I, I think that's a phenomenal thing. What, what would you say is probably the number one skill that through all of your fixing and flipping and buying and holding and, you know, BRRR and all the other things that you've done, what is the one skill that, mm -hmm. that has helped you the most in getting to where you're at? Wow. Uh, I'd say perseverance is probably the, the one thing you need. To, there's a lot of setbacks, you know, in all every phase of, 
everything I've ever done, you know, there's always been setbacks. There's always been things I wish I would have done differently, but that's part of the learning process. You always grow and get better. And as long as you don't sit there and wallow in your pity, uh, but instead take that and use it to propel yourself forward and persevere through those hard times, um, then you're going to grow. And, you know, you really hit it on the head uh, earlier when you were talking about the abundance mindset of people in the, in the multifamily syndication community, you know, and, and really even real estate in general for the most part. Um, but specifically in the syndication world, there seems to be uh, just a, a pure abundance mindset with basically everybody that you come across and everybody's always willing to help each other. And, um, you know, you may find yourself competing against someone that, that uh, you've helped in the past on a deal, but you know, Hey, that's, that's part of the game. After okay. the deal's over, you can go have a beer and uh, yeah. uh, just not during the deal. After. That's right. But, uh, right. but yeah, um, I think perseverance is one of the big things that, that you have to, you have to have a strong, you know, strong will and, uh, and be resourceful and just find a way to get through it. Now, do you see, uh, Mike, do you see yourself transitioning out of the medical field? Are you trying to replace your job or, or are you happy having, having two streams of income and, and knowing that you got people that appreciate you in the medical device world and then you've got your, your partnership on the side that's going to create that retirement wealth? Mm -hmm. or what, what, what's, your, what's your plan long-term there? Yeah, um, you know, I really enjoy what I do. I really feel blessed to be able to help as many people as we do. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's uh, something you can't, you can't burn a candle at both ends forever. And right. so um, – there's a lot of sacrifice that you make by having really two full-time jobs. And, and uh, yes, so the short answer is yes, I am looking to replace my income, hopefully in the next two to three years to be able to, uh, you know, just do real estate full-time. Mike, when you, when you and your partners are looking for a deal, you know, you guys mainly do multifamily value add. What is it about a deal that, that really makes, mm -hmm. you know, one that, that tried it really wants to bring into the fold? What characteristics does it have? Well, first of all, it has to be in a, in a market that's got you know, good solid market fundamentals as far as income and job growth, population growth, job diversity. Uh, you know, we don't like to see, you know, more than 25% of an industry uh, responsible for jobs in, in, the, in the market. Um, good schools, low crime. Uh, that's really some of the basics there um, from, from the market standpoint. From the deal standpoint, um, you know, we like mostly, you know, C plus, B minus are really our sweet spot. And uh, we like those that are already stabilized, you know, 85% occupied or better, uh, ready for agency debt. Um, you know, we've done some bridge deals where they need a little bit more CapEx and so forth. But, uh, you know, we don't, we don't look for distressed assets, at least not at this point. Um, you know, those, those require a lot more. Uh, time and effort, um, and it's just something we don't we're, we're not focusing on right now. But but I think you know there is definitely a lot more opportunity sometimes in those types of assets. But something we're not looking at now. But but yeah, so mostly eighty five percent or better occupied, eighty percent anyway occupied or better, and uh, actually in a strong market, and we like them to be cash flowing. We we don't like to speculate on our investment returns. We like to see cash flow from day one, and uh, and then you know as we force appreciation. Um, with a significant upside as well. So, Mike, as, as you've transitioned from being one of the syndicators, one of the people in the LP that's contributing the capital uh, into where Trident mm -hmm. is now the GP, what's been the biggest 
change for you as far as what you're seeing, what you're doing, what activities you're, you're, you're involved in? I mean, what's the seat look like at the top? I guess a chessboard, so to speak. You're, you're managing uh, a lot of different players, uh, you know, all at once. And you're not as much doing as you are managing. Um, you know, you're managing investor relationships. You're managing uh, banking relationships. You're managing legal relationships, property management relationships. You know, the, the, there's a, just a lot of relationship and expectation management. It's kind of like that on, on the job site. You know, you, when you ask the plumber who's making all the money, he'll say it's the concrete guy. So you go ask the concrete guy, hey, who's making all the money? He says, oh man, it's the roofer. He's, he's killing it. The roofer swears to God it's the painter, you know. Uh, I mean, is there really, I mean, there's a lot more work, right? There's a lot more, um, obviously the buck stops with you as the GP. Um, but is it, is it all that it's, you know, sexed up to be? Is it, is it the cat's meow to be the GP? Well, um, if you get paid by the hour, then no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's somewhat, of a, somewhat of a labor of love. I mean, you know, uh, you can do well um, if the asset performs. I mean, the way we structure our deals anyway is, is we make sure the investors get paid first via a preferred return, preferred return before we take any money. Um, you know, our asset management fee is very minimal, um, you know, usually 2%. And that, I mean, we're, we're heavily involved as ownership on site even. Um, and so that, uh, like I said, if you get paid by the hour, it's, uh, you might as well go work at McDonald's. But there's something to be said about being the captain of the ship, right? I mean. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, the fact that you, you, you make the decisions, you get to control, you know, what happens. You get to, you know, use the creativity. I mean, that's one of the things I love about real estate is the creativity, not only in, in you know, getting the deal, but structuring the offer for the, uh, investors, but then also what you're going to do physically with the asset from a, a you know curb appeal and rehab standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's really uh, it's really cool. I enjoy that part of it. So what is what is unexpected that you didn't expect when you when you knew that you were you were wanting to transition from LP to GP? What's the unexpected thing that you didn't think was was part of the deal? Well, I guess there's a lot of things, but uh, primarily is is you can't always know everything. You always have to be prepared for the unexpected because no matter how thorough your due diligence is, no matter, you know, how much you think you got this locked down, there's always going to be something that happens that you did not expect. I mean, we had five slab leaks in the first two months on the last property we bought. You know, no, no one expected that. Yeah. Um, and you know, we got, we dealt with it, but uh, it, uh, yeah. On the one before that, I mean, there was people that, uh, we were presented leases that weren't really like they were made out to be. Um, and, uh, you know, so we had to deal with a lot of tenants that, that really shouldn't have been there that, that were. Expect the unexpected, know it's going to be there, but then, like I said earlier, um, persevere through it. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's a common thing that, you know, people – people come to real estate and they, and they either get analysis paralysis or they jump in and they're, they don't have the, the, the problem solving ability because, you know, that's one of the things that I know and love about real estate is every day there's another mm -hmm. opportunity to exercise your expertise. But 
It's all in how you frame the question, right? I mean, you had slab leaks. Well, that's that's unusual. That's not normal. But you know what? You're probably one of the only people I know that's ever had to fix and cure that. You know, um, as as GPs, we we've all had the deal show up where the the leases weren't quite as presented, uh, the tenants weren't quite as qualified, and the, mm. and the you know, and the occupancy wasn't quite as high, but. But that's just another another issue, right. another hurdle to overcome, and that's just another story to tell when you're kicking back and mm-hmm. and you know going through your war stories. What is uh, what is what is the yeah. what does the future look like for Trident? Where where are you guys headed? Um, so we are, you know, we, we've been generally in the realm of the retail investor, where we you know we raise money, um, you know, fifty thousand, hundred thousand at a time. Uh, and we really like that. We like, we like the relationships that we've built with a lot of our investors, um, you know, but to, to scale even beyond where we are now, um, we're looking to establish uh, equity partnerships with, with single check writers, uh, family offices, uh, things of that nature, some private equity firms. So we're building relationships there and being able just to, to you know, do more deals uh, simultaneously or do bigger deals, um, you know, through a combination of, of those equity sources. And, you know, our, our goal is to basically um, establish 750 to 1,000 units in a, in a single market uh, to, to build scale in each of those markets. Um, so we've got a few selected that we're kind of focusing on and um, I'm going from there. When you when you're talking with the family offices, be sure to let them know I'm I'm up for adoption. So I'm I'm more than more than <laughs> willing to to find a new family for a single check writer. <laughs> yeah. But right, get in uh, line, brother. <laughs> so what what is it what is it about a market that that attracts you? I mean, can can you tell us what markets you're looking at and and what what's attractive about those? We like Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's a really growing market where, um, you know, historically it was known for um, oil and gas, uh, but it's it's really becoming diversified, getting a lot more into uh, technology. Um, you know, it, j- it actually just came in second place for the Tesla factory that ended up going to Austin. Um, you know, Amazon recently built a, a, another warehouse there. Uh, so it's, it's really diversified its economy as well. And and they have a, a city leadership in place that's really honed in on bringing in outside uh, corporations, you know, and, and you know, rolling up the red carpet for them through a variety of tax incentives and other things that help attract them and their jobs to the uh, to the area. You know, these are these are um, mid to high paying jobs as well. So that, that's a market we like. Um, we really like the Huntsville, Alabama market. We don't have a deal there yet. We actually just lost on a deal, best and final, a couple weeks ago. Um, but that's a, another market that we really like that um, is, you know, a lot of technology down there. Uh, it's uh, kind of a young Austin, so to speak. You know, and I think it's, I think you're going to see a, a shift in the markets as we've gone through COVID, as we've, you know, seen the different uh, governmental boards, the governmental bodies do what they do to, to, to deal with this crisis. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, the multifamily players like yourself kind of really gravitate toward pro-landlord, but also mm-hmm. pro-growth at, at, with a positive tax spin, not just for landlords, but for, for people moving there as well. Because, you know, as Tesla made a, made a really big point right. about it, you know, we're moving out of LA, we're moving out of California because we can't afford to be here. We cannot be competitive if we've got to pay the taxes. Right. And, 
I think it's important that, you know, as you're looking at that, you know, you're, you're looking at the, the leadership, like you mentioned, the leadership that's in place in these towns, in these cities, and, and how they visualize where they're growing and, and what's going to attract new jobs. It's, there's only so much sunshine and, 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 and sand that you can sell in California, and pretty soon it's, it's the rest that it has to offer that, that becomes part of the problem. What do you see with, our, with, with coming out of COVID? What do you see lending doing? Do you see lending changing at all? Are you, you, seeing, you, are you seeing things change on your side? Well, we, we have seen some changes um, in regards to holdbacks. So that, you know, now, uh, initially, they were wanting you to hold 12 months of principal interest, insurance taxes, all in escrow um, for, for a year. Uh, and and they, they've shortened that timeline to nine months um, now. Um, but, you know, if there's a, a, a resurgence again and, and the economy, you know, starts to, to go south again, then, and we can see that tighten back up as well. But rates are, are still low. I mean, I don't foresee rates going up anytime soon. Um, you know, one thing I do think is going to happen is I feel that people will be moving away from these highly dense, densely populated cities, you know, more in, into the, um, I guess, suburbs, so to speak, uh, just to kind of get away from this whole COVID mess, you know. Um, that, and the good news is that you've got that York. deal in prior Oklahoma. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if they'll move that far out, but, but uh, yeah, that was a deal. Actually, Google actually built a data center or a server farm there. Um, one of the seven, I believe, in the country. Um, they've injected about two billion dollars into that economy, and uh, and you can't find a place to live within within twenty miles of there. So it's uh, it's been wow. a really great little cash crop for us. Yeah. You know, I, I heard that they, they're they doing that in, in another location in Sisters, Oregon, and it's the same thing. Uh, mobile home spaces, or sorry, RV spaces have gone to $700 a month because, you know, they're they're putting in these these <laughs> server farms. And, and you know, I, I don't have the techni- mm-hmm. technical experience to tell you what that is, but but uh, I did the math real quick. And if, if it's a town of 10,000 and you got 100 units, you, you have housing for 1% of the population. I don't. I mean, I think that would be on my right. on my resume that uh, I, I house one percent of one town. <laughs> you know, that's that's a pretty pretty impressive yeah, stat. Exactly. There, right? So, you know, for for yeah. the people that are getting started, which you know, a, lo- a lot of my audience is trying to figure out how to make the move from from single family to multifamily. What would be the the one piece of advice that you'd give them about what to do about how to how to whether that's partner up, whether that's join a syndication, whether that's, you know, try and do it yourself. I mean, you jumped out and bought a 16 unit all by yourself. Is that the way to go? What would you, what would you recommend for the, for the guy trying to get out of single family into multi? Um, well, you know, like you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of uh, analysis paralysis in, in, uh, in folks. And you see people that they'll go to seminars and do all these boot camps and stuff like that, but they'll never buy anything. And I think that is the one thing that you have to do is, Shift your mindset, take action, and educate yourself. You know, because if you're educated, you can feel more confident in your decision making, and then that allows you to take action. Um, but even more so than that, if you want to get really confident, go find a partner. You know, find a partner that's done it that you can add value to, and you know whether that's being boots on the ground, whether that's bringing capital to the deal, um, you know whatever the case may be. Find a partnership where you can add value, even as a new new person. 
Um, and then uh, going through that process will will give you the confidence to go out and do it on your own. Or if you're wanting to get into syndication, I mean, I suggest getting in as a passive investor in two or three different deals with even different sponsors, just so you can see how each sponsorship group runs their deal, what kind of assumptions they make, why they make those assumptions, how they do their investor relations. Um, do they actually, uh, does their asset actually perform to their pro forma? Um, and, uh, and, and learn from those. And then, you know, if you see that you like one or all those different syndicators, tell them you like to, to KP on one of their deals. If you have a balance sheet that can do that, if not, tell them you like to, to raise money for them and, and, you know, be part of the general partnership. There's different ways to get involved, but you know, you have to put yourself out there. You have to educate yourself. And most importantly, you got to take action. I see that there's a lot of people that ask, well, what can I do? How can I do it? And I think you hit the nail on the head. Find what you're good at. You know, I think with your medical sales background, number one, you probably got the network. And number two, you've learned to talk to people because you're trying to talk your way into doctor's office all day long. Now you're just trying to talk to people about mm -hmm. something else you're passionate about. But being able to identify what you're good at, go after that and bring that to the deal because, again, that's the syndication world, man. I, I have the deal, but I need some money. I've got, you know, I've got some money, but I need a deal. I've got, you know, I've got a management company, but we need some stuff to work with. And, and you know, just everybody bringing that together is, is what I think is fascinating. But everybody just seems to do what they do well and really be okay with working with the other people that do their part well. And it's just kind of a fluid dance that, that I see happen all the time. And so I would definitely agree with you that if you get in where you fit in, uh, you're always going to find a spot if you're willing to do some work to get to learn more, to be more, to understand more. Because I've, I've always seen in the syndication world where people are willing to take the time to mentor and to bring you along and to educate you. One last question, where can everybody find Trident Multifamily and, and you in, in the, the World Wide Web? Where are you at? So uh, you can visit our website, tridentmultifamily.com. Send me an email at mike at tridentmultifamily.com. Uh, you can follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, we've got uh, educational content we try to publish there as well. Give me a call, 417-576-8850. I, I love to talk to anybody it. about real estate, how you can get involved with us. Or I love it, man. Just absolutely yeah. an open book. And, you know, it's it's so nice and it's so refreshing with all the years I've got in business of everybody trying to keep their stuff secret and not wanting to have the time for the other person. Mike, not only have you <laughs> shared your time with me, with my listeners, you've actually put yourself out there. Uh, for others and been a mentor and a trainer and it shows and I really do appreciate the time. So guys, look up Mike and his partners at tridentmultifamily.com or find him on the on the web, any of the social medias and then he'll give you his phone number again, just replay it and you can hear it again. So Mike, I really appreciate you coming by the Real Estate Rundown. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for the insight. Guys, join us again as we bring you another episode with another fantastic person that's got a great story like Mike's that can give some knowledge to us and some insight. So thanks again, Mike. Thank you, Shannon. Appreciate it.